Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. Julie Rosenthal, founder of Food on the 15th, is back with me as I continue the See Something, Do Something series. The last time we talked with her, she talked about what she saw in terms of the need to address food insecurity among the elderly in our community. But this time, we're going to talk about something different, right, Julie? Yes, we are. All right. We're going to talk about how she did it, the models that she uses. Um, I have such admiration for her commitment to Food on the 15th and to changing the lives of our seniors. So I would like for her to share the how so that anybody who's listening can potentially replicate the how. You had a deep desire to address what looked like an insurmountable problem. So how'd you do it? I want you to walk us through the models that you use um, and... Just tell us, because I know you have three models. So We have three models. The first model is when we started at the very beginning at the elementary school. We would put out a call for people to have their kids bring in non-perishable food. One day a month after school, the kids would run around with carts, pick up the food, and bring it back to the media center. And parents would come in with the kids. We would check the expiration dates. We would sort food by category. The parents would figure out kind of how much we had and how many bags we had to deliver. And we would tell the kids, take a bag and put X number of things from each category into this, into the bag. And then we would um, go in teams and we would drop it off at the apartment doors to um, one of the buildings that we service. Um, Wait one second. How did you get access to the apartments? That's a good question. Thank you. So I called them on the phone. This was a low-income older adult building where you had to have a certain income level to um, be there. And I called them on the phone and I said, are your um, residents, you know, food insecure? Are they having issues having enough food to eat and making ends meet? And they said, yes. And I said, so I have a bizarre question for you. I said, could my group drop off a non-perishable bag of food once a month around the 15th of the month, it's not always on the 15th, um, to people who sign up and we'll send out a flyer and people will come down to your office, the management office, and sign up. And she goes, yeah, let's, let's try it. So we tried it. And pretty much, I would say, 80% of the buildings signed up, sight unseen, never heard of us, didn't know anything. And people couldn't believe there were no strings attached, that we didn't want something from them, that they were getting a bag of non-expired, nutritionally balanced food for free. Um, and once they realized that, I started getting calls from other people in the building saying, can you sign me up too? So then the building management came to me, and they said, we have another building that's in need. Could you take them on? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm working full time. Can I do this? And I thought, I can't say no. I just mm -hmm. I can't say no when I have the skills to be able to teach people how to collect food, bag it, and deliver it. So we started at the second building, and we were delivering food to the apartments. And one day, one of the residents, when we were there, said, we are so appreciative of the food. It is so nice. He said, but is there a way we could pick out our own food? And I'm like, wow. 
yes, I'll figure out a way to do that because I would want to pick out my own, my own food, food too. You yes. know, there's things I like and I don't like. Yes. And when you're hungry, you don't want to eat something you don't like just because you're it's hungry and you want right. to fill your, your tummy. So um, I said to them, what if we set up a mini grocery store in the community room? So instead of having the kids pack it in the media center, we took all the food um, to the building. We pulled all the tables together in a long row. We started doing diabetic food for the diabetics. We did um, a table of regular food for people who weren't diabetic. And then we asked people to collect toiletries, like from hotels, mm -hmm. you know, and they mm -hmm. give you stuff. Um, and we started doing the mini grocery store, and the students would stand by the door, and the residents would come in, and a student would hold a bag, and the, they would go shopping with the residents, so the resident could just pick up what they wanted and pop it in the bag. And then we had teams of students and parents who helped the resident back to their apartment. So the residents were getting socialization. It was a very festive atmosphere. They saw all their neighbors. Everybody was talking. There was tons of energy. The kids were laughing and smiling. And... It was just a very beautiful experience. And then the pandemic hit. Ugh. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, because we were collecting food pretty much from schools and schools were shut down. But our community came together and somehow we did not miss any food deliveries um, to the building where we deliver the bags of food. And the building where we did the mini grocery store, an absolute angel came out of nowhere. <laughs> Someone sent this incredible woman to me. And she said, I have a need. I feel this very strong need to help. You know, what can I do? And I said, I'm really struggling. I've got two buildings. We're in a pandemic. The schools aren't collecting. You know, what, do, what would you want to do? I said, I do have a food pantry at this other building that was built by a Boy Scout. And it's really strong and sturdy. And this woman said, I have friends, I'm going to collect money, I'm going to go to the store. And fast forward, almost three years later, this amazing woman is still doing this. And if I could hug and kiss her, I would, because <laughs> she saved me and she saved the older adults. And now all the food is in the pantry. And once a month, the pantry is open and people come down and pick out the food that they need. And this woman has changed the world and made that building a better place. The people there were really hungry, and now they know that they have people who still care about them and are still coming in. So those are our three models, the bag delivery to the apartment, the mini grocery store in the community room, and then the food pantry mm -hmm. where p the doors are opened to a big cabinet. Okay. Oh, it's huge. It's, it's huge. I'm almost six feet tall, and it's taller than me. And it is the width of my arms. And the Boy Scout who did it did an outstanding job. He did. It's super strong. I think that'll last for 100 years. Oh, my goodness, yeah. That'll last before the rest of the building. That'll, that won't need renovation. The rest of the building will. Yes. I want to talk about that model because you know that's really near and dear to my heart. Um, in addition to the open pantry in that building, occasionally there's also a pick-your-own and a fresh market. Yes. And so... Let's talk a little bit about how that happens. Um, I know how that happens uh, because there's a group of women here in the community who get fresh vegetables, fruit, fresh stuff, and do the your original model and put it out on tables so that people can go, come get fresh food. And now they've added to it, and they also do frozen vegetables and those frozen, like, 
microwave Michelina's meals yes. and treats. Um, and that's another way. But it's very, um, how do I say this? It's not that big a deal because when you're shopping for apples for your family, you shop for apples for the building. Yes. You know? Um, so it's not onerous, I guess. It, it is a big deal to the people who live in the building. To us, it's like, oh, I'll buy 10 extra apples or a couple extra bags of apples. Mm -hmm. So to us, it's something, oh, you know, I can do this. This is not a problem. But to the people in the building, to get fresh fruit and produce um, – is and frozen food, it's absolutely huge. Mm -hmm. And we all have to remember, too, that our older adults have mobility issues. They don't yeah. always have access to a car. They have sight issues. They have hearing issues. So to be able to have this mini grocery store with this fresh, you know, fruit, vegetables, and frozen food come to their building, that's huge. Yeah. It yeah. makes it so convenient. Yeah. The other thing that has made that pantry possible is that people from all around the country send food to one location and it gets all taken there. A young person from one of the local high schools stocks the pantry. Um, and, you know, that happened just by asking friends, hey, do you want to support food on the 15th this month? Will you be responsible for chicken noodle soup? Will you be responsible for V8 juice? So it's not like you have to do any of it all on your own if this is something that you want to do. And it's amazing the outpouring of food that comes in from California, from Alabama, from New York State, from just by asking different people, hey, do you want to do it this month? And you don't have to ask the same person every month. You know, but the interesting thing is once you ask a person, then they they email and say, hey, do you need help this month? So that's another thing I think we forget is that we can leverage um, other people because other people want to be involved in this. The other thing that I think is really neat with the pantry model is like different people come to open the pantry. Right now we've got a, a realtor, Fred Peoples from Coldwell here in Ellicott City, Coldwell Banker, who comes not only will he stock the pantry for us uh, when we need a stocker, when we don't have a, a kid to stock it, but now he comes and opens the pantry and hangs out with the seniors. And it's so funny. The first time he did it, he said, this was so much fun. I will do it anytime you need need it done. And I'm like, good. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. They are all so sweet and they help each other. Yes. Like somebody will be, the, the pantry's wide enough for one person at a time to pull stuff. And somebody will say, they'll turn around, Fred or whoever in line, look, they have peanut butter. Make sure you get some peanut butter when you get up here. Yes. So they all watch out for each other. And I love that. Yes. Yes. I, and if somebody can't reach something on the shelf, Somebody will say, I can get that for you. Yeah. Because yep. we, we have several people who are in wheelchairs or, you know, mobile devices right. to move them around. Right. And they can't reach the top shelf. So, And that's the neat thing about having uh, realtor peoples there is he's, what, six foot three? Yeah. And so <laughs> he just, plucks, he, he just it. plucks it down. The other thing that I've noticed, because I've had the pleasure of being there when the pantry's open, is people will say, you know, my friend Mary is not going to be here today. But I know what she wants, and they will get for Mary. Yes. The other thing that I love about the pantry model is that if at any time they want food, the building manager knows to open the pantry. That our, that the deal with her is you open the pantry when people are hungry. Exactly. Which I think is really important because then they don't feel like, oh, my God, I have to get as much as I can and hoard it. No, 
Right. And they also don't feel like, I have to make this decision right now on what I want to eat for the next couple of weeks. Exactly. And the thing that I love about the pantry, too, is in the winter, the weather here is unpredictable. So you don't know if you're going to be able to get to the grocery store. And I have problems sometimes getting to the store with the snow. Think about what an older adult has to go through if they have to take public transportation. Mm -hmm. This way, it's in their building. So there won't be a food emergency where people don't have food. The building manager opens it and everybody will you know, before. Everybody can get food. Exactly. Yes. One of the other things that I know about the pantry is that churches support the pantry. I know that my congregation sends tons of stuff to the Tiber pantry, and there are other congregations. And that's another thing that people can do. You don't have to do it on your own. Just, you know, tell somebody in your church, your mosque, your synagogue, your whatever, you know, your Lions Club. That's another thing. Um, the Rotary here in Columbia has been phenomenal about supporting that pantry. So it's like the more people we involve, the more we get done. It is true. The more people you involve, the more you get done. And I also want to spread the, um, what is the word? I don't want to say visibility. I just, I want more people to know about food insecurity and that Mm -hmm. it exists in every community throughout our country. We have college students who are struggling to have food to eat. We have kids in elementary school who do not have food at snack time. Imagine sitting there and watching your friends eat snacks. Um, And there's people in this community who have come up with ideas to address those Mm -hmm. issues. So we're really fortunate. I think there's people all over the country who are doing things that um, people don't realize what's going on. You turn on the news at night and you hear sad news. Mm -hmm. And I wish they had a station that was all happy news just telling about the things that people are doing that's good. And that's what you're doing here. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important for people to know that that there are good things happening in the world. Yes. And this year, this 2023, I want to use these podcasts to advertise the good things that are happening in the world. That's why I started the See Something, Do Something series, because you're right. We are inundated with the worst, the worst, the worst, Mm -hmm. the worst. So I get the three models. you got the drop-off, you've got the mini grocery store, and you've got the food pantry. Now... What were some of the obstacles? Because that's life. There are going to be obstacles. There's always obstacles. And my philosophy is the key to life is how well you deal with plan B. So <laughs> I like that. Okay. So you got to roll with the punches and you can't just say, oh, this happened. We have to stop. You just figure out a way around it. Obstacles. Okay. So people would take the grocery carts that we had in the buildings and leave them in their apartments. Okay. <laughs> So we would show up with like 30 bags of groceries and there were no grocery carts. So we put out signs and we told people, hey, please, we want to bring the food to you. Make it easy for us. Can you have the carts by the front door? If you have a cart in your apartment, please put it in the lobby or by the front door because we would put up signs to let them know what day we were coming. Um, We had issues getting in touch with the building managers because the building managers are the ones who would give us the list of people because people would go on vacation or they would go out of town to visit a family member or they would be in a nursing home or the hospital or sadly they would pass away. Mm -hmm. So we didn't want to be packing bags of food for people who were not there. Mm -hmm. So it's really challenging to one, get the man, find out who the um, building manager was because they changed. It was like a revolving door. And secondly, to get them to respond because they're so busy um, with an accurate list. So we tried to get our volunteers to, to call me and say, this person's no longer living here. You know, take them off the list. Mm-hmm. 
What else did we have obstacles with? Um, obstacles with getting enough food. Some months you have a ton of food, like this time of year, Everyone Everybody is donating. Everybody wants to give food. Like, this is the only time of year people are hungry. I know. I know. But they don't realize right. people need to eat three meals a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Yes. So um, one obstacle we have is in January and February, um, the donations go way down. Mm-hmm. So I found three fabulous local um, businesses that agreed to put um, a box in their their business, and I advertise that people can go drop off food at these locations. Mm-hmm. And then I get high school students who need community service hours to go pick up the food. Um, and the other thing I do when we don't have enough food is I post it on social media. We have no tuna fish this month. We mm-hmm. need peanut butter. People come out in droves and start dropping it off. Yep. So they just need to be reminded. Yeah. Um, was that enough obstacles or you want some more? I don't know. Were there other ones that were important to you that you had a good solution for? Sometimes, um, we did not, um, get the publicity out when we thought it was going out because it would go out through the school and, and that would be hard because there would be a a glitch or something and the, the publicity didn't go out that we needed food, um, by that time. And again, I would use social media Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, get that. Um, but my, I guess my thing is, if you find an obstacle standing in your way, find a positive way around it. Okay, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you have to stop or you can't do it. Find out what the other person needs, or find out what the blockage is and how to go around it, and build a consensus. You know, tell the person this is what I need to do. What do you need? And find a compromise. That's what it's all about: is compromise and making it happen. Yeah, yeah. And I think the one of the ways around the obstacle of not having enough food is the food drive among friends and yes. having that every month. I know that that has helped with keeping the pantry really well stocked and having overflow in the pantry. Um, for the model that you use in the schools, probably not so much, but for the pantry model, that constant, you know, food on the 15th this month, um, letting people know and keeping people engaged um, in the fact that they can send send food at any time. Um, now, wait a minute, we need to say this. Don't all of you listeners start sending food to the two buildings. Uh, shoot me an email, and I will tell you how to participate in this, okay? But don't just start sending food to the buildings, because then the building managers will want to shoot us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we do have to be considerate, because in solving any problem, there are multiple inputs, and mm-hmm. there are multiple players. So, yes, we want to, and we are ending food insecurity. However, these building managers and these administrators, you know, we have to respect the fact that this putting out a mini grocery store, keeping a pantry stocked, it's not their only job. In fact, it's not even their job. It's not. It's not. Uh, but they, they love it. Yes. Because it helps their residents. Yes, 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 yes. You know, as you think about this how, are there any things that you would do differently now that you're several years into this? What would you do differently? I think I would get more church, churches, synagogues, and mosques involved on a regular basis with the youth group mm-hmm. because the hardest part for me is finding these people who I train, and they turn into fabulous volunteers, and then they age out and they graduate. Mm-hmm. So then I have to find younger students to go and train them again and you know get their parents on board because the younger ones don't drive. 
But if you had a youth group at these various faith-based organizations, the youth group leader knows that that is their mission, and they do that as part of what they do with the students. Mm -hmm. And the church can be involved or the synagogue or the mosque. And that's the beautiful thing about Food on the 15th that I have really loved is I have met people of every religion, nationality, background, uh, um, race, mm-hmm. and we all work together in harmony mm-hmm. to help those in need in our community. It is so beautiful, I can't even tell you. Mm-hmm. There is no hatred or animosity. We're all just working together mm-hmm. in, in this beautiful aura of, of you know, helping people who are in need in our community. And I have met some of my closest friends through volunteering because you're meeting other people who truly care about other people. Right. You have a values connection. Yes. And that's what I love about volunteer services, connecting with people who have the same or very similar core values to mine. Um, So what would you say to the person who says, "Mm, I'm not quite ready. I want to do something, but I'm not quite ready. What would you say? I would say there's so much that you could do even if you're not ready because you don't actually have to do something yourself. You could go to someone at your faith-based organization and say, hey, could we put out a collection box and can we advertise for people when they come to drop off a non-perishable food donation? Mm -hmm. I said, you just get the idea in there and then there's other people there, students who need community service hours who will go and take the food, sort it, bag it, and deliver it or whatever they need to do with the food, whatever model is used at the building that Mm -hmm. they're serving. Um, I also tell people, you do not have to make a huge commitment. You know, if you can come one day and, you know, help deliver the food or help sort bag it or pick up the food from one of the locations, that's all you have to do. We're a no-guilt organization. You volunteer as much or as little time as you want to. If you want a big responsibility, I will give you that ongoing. And mostly we have um, high school students who do that who want community service hours, especially for the different honor societies. But even if you don't want to get involved, you can shoot out emails to people. Right takes five minutes and say, hey, there are these three locations in Howard County. Can you drop off food? Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't even have to leave your house to do it. You can do it while you're watching TV from your cell phone. Right. You can just okay. have the Amazon Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. So there's, there's lots and lots of ways. So if someone calls me on the phone and tells me what their lifestyle is like, you know, I'll work with them. I'll say you could do a, a food drive at work, you mm-hmm. know. You ask everyone to drop off food, and you can do this with anything, whether you're collecting shoes, coats, hats, scarves, gloves. I have a coat closet at UMBC, and I have constantly people dropping off coats and plastic bags on my porch. Mm -hmm. So it's easy. And then I just run up there once a week and drop it off. I love that. So I can, love that it does not have to be onerous. It does not. It does not have can, to be it, onerous. You can use this model for anything. Yes, and I like that. And it's a zero overhead model. Which is know? excellent. Zero overhead, but like tremendous, tremendous, tremendous impact. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's really cool that people can find little ways to do big things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Little ways to do big things. Yes. Yes. And it all has an impact. Mm -hmm. It's the power of one. Yeah. One more person volunteering, one more person sending out an email. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I never thought about the just shooting out emails, letting people know that Food on the 15th exists. You can get involved. And that, again, is something 
you know, if, if if I picked 10 people today to send an email to, that's 10 more people who know about food exactly. on the 15th. Or posting it on Facebook, on mm-hmm. your local Facebook, you know, chat group or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I never thought about that. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm going to do it. Good. Thank you. <laughs> so thanks for sharing the how with us today, Julie. I really appreciate it. And I think that you've given people practical tools that they can use to do good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me back. Oh, you're going to come back again, little do you know. Yes, I will. (laughs) Anytime you ask me to. And I will teach anybody anywhere how to do this. Oh, thank you. On Zoom. Okay. Okay. That is wonderful. Hey, will you share your email address so that any if someone wants to reach out to you on to, to schedule a Zoom? Absolutely. It's food on the 15th. And that's the number one, the number five, and the letters TH at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world.